Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Launch Sequence Podcast. This week, I've got my friend Paul, the Astropub, with me for an episode that's a little bit different than we've been doing. We're going to touch on a game that I don't normally touch on that much, uh, Starfield. It is a different kind of game from Star Citizen, obviously, still star-related, um, but it's smaller, we'll say. It's from a AAA studio, Bethesda, and it's a single-player game. And the reason that we're covering it is because, well, we love space games, but for people who don't really know who we are, um, we cover that game, Star Citizen, that people call a scam. And um, Yeah. Yeah. We're high. We we, we we play with, with JPEG ships. Yes. Uh, we those, like JPEGs. Those of you coming in. That's why um, we're so we'll, excited about Starfield, because all we've gotten is JPEGs. It, it's got the best JPEGs right now. It's just uh, the AAA. It's the best JPEGs. They are nice JPEG JPEGs. Game. They are. <laughs> and, and for the people who also, <laughs> who also watch this and say, wait a second, Space Tomato and Astro Pub are, are ditching ship and going to Starfield. That is not the case. We actually will probably talk about Star Citizen today and yeah. we'll be back on it next week. But this is a new entry into a, a genre that's flourishing right now. Space games are kind of on the up and up and it's a really exciting space. We wanted to touch on a new game that's entering that space. I think we both think that it has a lot of potential and you guys might be interested in it. So if you will, yeah. humor us for an hour or so and uh, we'll tell you what you might be able to expect from this game that's scheduled at least to come out later this year. So, yeah. Astropub, why don't you go ahead and start us off with a little introduction as to what Starfield is? It's a big question. Um, I, I will give the shortest history lesson of Starfield that I can imagine, I can tell you. Starfield it's has its origins from 1990 when Roland Emmerich, the guy who made it Independence Day and all those disaster films that now now no longer, the Moonfall, the latest one that t t tanked. What's Moonfall? Uh, he, he wanted, it's it's his latest movie. It's terrible. Okay. It's about the moon crashing on Earth, but it's actually a spaceship. That makes it's sense. If the moon is falling. <laughs> um, he made like, you know, uh, Day After Tomorrow, 2012. All oh, those, okay. Those, those, those were films. fun. Yeah, Independence Day. Yeah. He, in the 90s, uh, Steven Spielberg was getting into video games. And um, so Roland Embrick and his crew also wanted to try to get into video games a little bit. And so they partnered with Bethesda to make a game um, that I can't remember the name of it, but it was, it was like the 10th planet or something like that. And huh. uh, it never got off the ground. But it was a space action game in the same vein as Wing Commander because it was made around the same time Wing Commander was doing really well. Um, so <laughs> space games were the rage. Huh. Uh, so, yeah, a parallelism so, there. Yeah, uh, so it ended up getting canned. But uh, when Todd Howard got to, went to work uh, at Bethesda in the early, the late '90s, early 2000s, uh, there's several posts of him talking about how he always wanted to make a space game. Uh, you know, obviously Todd Howard, probably older than us, but not by much. Uh, he obviously, you know, got his career started and like when he was starting his career, it was a lot, a lot of games like Elite and Star Citizen or Star Citizen, uh, Wing Commander <laughs> around and, and you know, the X-Wing versus TIE Fighter games had been out for a while. So, um, and so Bethesda has always, I'd always kind of tried to do space games and science fiction games. Uh, they kick around a, a lot of the ideas, but they never really made their own IP. They actually had a Star Trek IP at one point for a game. And I think they made a Star Trek game. That's something that's always caught me off guard with Bethesda is like how many different crazy out of left field games they did when they were first starting off with publishing and stuff. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. funny. Um, but 
uh, in the right around the time Star Citizen and Elite Dangerous started to become successes, Bethesda started talking about doing a game. They actually, um, we actually heard about it first through a patent that they, or it's a trademark or patent that they they filed for the, the name Starfield. This is like 2013, 2014, or something like that. Yeah. And as so people started going, hey, what? Because this was around the same time Fallout 4 was 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 you know getting to, to its release date, and people were like, what's going to come next? Is it going to be the next Elder Scrolls game? And then we found out that it Starfield was the game, and it's a science fiction RPG that's got a lot of hardcore elements to it. Um, and we've recently learned that it has flight apparently, so manual flight. Yeah. Um, but if you've played games like Skyrim or Fallout, it's probably something you, you can expect something fairly similar, but in a more science fiction genre. Uh, and Bethesda often call, uh, calls the genre um, NASA punk is the way they describe it. So a little bit of sci- cyberpunk, a little bit of NASA, you know, kind of uh, mixed together in terms of its uh, its aesthetic and its vibe. So for the for the citizens out there, it's it's Drake. Really, it got all the hardware it's, switches in there. It it looks like it works, yeah. but it's that same it's, idea. It's, it's Drake if Drake made the Avenger. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So, like, this is a a game that's then been not really long in the making because a lot of people saw that statement on the first trailer, like twenty years in the making or something like that, making. and they're like, "Oh, they've been developing this game for twenty years." No. <laughs> This but, has been an idea that's been in Todd Howard's head for 20 years. Yeah. So like since 2002, he actually the, the the post that he made is still available somewhere where he talked about that he always wanted to make a space game. And and I think it was from 2002. So that's why they call it 20 years in the making. I mean, who wouldn't? Baby. It's just yeah. so exciting. So <laughs> they've been making a lot of games since that original idea came out. And from what I've heard Todd talk about, it seems like he wants this to to be more kind of like those older games, Daggerfall, Morrowind, rather than Skyrim and Fallout 4. Have you played a lot of the older Bethesda games? Do you know kind of where he's coming from when he says that? Yeah, I played Morrowind. My wife uh, always hates me because I never beat Morrowind because I never I never got past the initial um, uh, the initial quest lines mm-hmm. <laughs> because I didn't know where to go. And because I was, you know, I was... 14 years old and I was used to like go here to this objective. I just didn't see the objective <laughs> and I didn't read anything. Um, so I, my wife keeps always um, kind of poops on me for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I played Morrowind and the, the best way of describing it is if you've played the older style games, like say the original Baldur's Gate or the original, um, the original fallouts, uh, the original, uh, Mass Effect, like maybe Mass, like Mass Effect 1 mm-hmm. or the Knights of the Old Republic game, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Um, that's kind of where they're going towards, though I doubt that it's it's going to be as limited in scope, much yeah. more open in scope. But it's just um, a very classic ex- RPG kind of feel. Yeah, a lot of a lot of stat balancing, a lot of uh, unforgiving. They're not going to handhold you. Uh, you know, they, they, like like I said, I didn't even beat Morwen because it didn't tell me where the next quest was. I don't doubt they're going to do that, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's plenty of like, here's your objective. You have to read this document, and right. uh, but we're not going to tell you where everything is. Yeah, we're not yeah. going to have a map with like four thousand different markers. You have to go find out where that where that is. So kind of dips into that immersive sim genre a little bit. Like you got tools, mm-hmm. figure out how to use them. So unlike with 
the game we normally cover Star Citizen, which is skill-based. There's no, you don't unlock things and put points behind certain skills. This game is going to be really about building that that character and and making mm-hmm. sure they do exactly what you want them to do. I always loved that, like, you could, in a Bethesda game, you could just max out your sneak to the point where you're basically invisible as soon as you walk into a into a building. What What kind of... Well, I'm hoping for the opposite thing too. Like for instance, Fallout 1 or was it Fallout 2, you could drop your uh, your intelligence score super low and you'd get unique dialogue options. <laughs> right. It's called like the meat it was called like the meathead playthrough yeah, where meathead. you'd just be like, Didn't yeah, they do that in lady. in New Vegas too? There was some stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. 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 I, I, I would say I, I would say if, if Bethesda if, if you want to see something where Bethesda's been talking about play New Vegas. Right. Now, that's not a Bethesda game, that's that's an obsidian, obsidian game, yeah. but I think that's that's a that seems to be where they're taking a lot of their inspiration from is that style of game. Which is also kind of interesting because Obsidian is also making their own space RPG under the same house now because Bethesda and Obsidian are both with Microsoft. It's so, it's it's weird how like everything Time is, is a flat circle. Yeah. Time is a flat circle. <laughs> and then on top of that, like you remember when Mass Effect 1 came out and it was the new space game RPG and Microsoft was like mm-hmm. mine and they bought it up for for that yeah. exclusivity and now it's the it same e, thing with Starfield. It was EA. What was it was EA, EA who bought it. Yeah. Right. Okay. They, they but it, the same thing, yeah. It They're went like exclusively yeah. to the the Xbox though, right? Mm-hmm. When it released. Yeah, they paid they paid a lot of money for it. Yeah. yeah. And now like the same thing's happening with Starfield. It's just so weird how that works out, but I, that's always been one of the things that kept me with Microsoft is that they really they double down on those kinds of games. Yeah. I mean, Microsoft, I think I think there's I I have a I have a I have a, a conspiracy theory, a tinfoil hat conspiracy theory, that there's somebody who works at Microsoft Games who's been there since like the 80s or whenever they were formed, who just really likes space games because Microsoft published Freelancer, the original Freelancer, the mm. last Chris Roberts game before before Star Citizen. Um, and they, they're doing, you know, Microsoft or um, uh, Mass Effect 1 and now they're doing Starfield. It's like there's somebody who's there secretly behind, desperately yep. pulling levers, like more space games. Halo, yes, more of like this. You know? the, the Microsoft <laughs> Illuminati, they're pulling the levers back there. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody keep focusing on fantasy, but space is where it's at (laughs) (laughs) i like it though i the fact that we have a game that is kind of derivative to the main game that i'm interested in because it's definitely not the same you know if if this were another space sim coming out i don't think i'd be as excited because that's you know if if i'm getting stakes at one place i don't want to go and get like one other kind of stake at another place i want something completely different and i feel like starfield is is aiming for something like that I, I feel like the, the the difference is like Star Citizen is like a nice steakhouse, but then is uh, or I should say Star Citizen is like a star, nice steakhouse, and Starfield is more like uh, going to a really good Mexican restaurant. Ooh. You know, you're gonna get carne asada at, at the Mexican restaurant, but it's gonna be different because you're gonna get you know your other sides and other things. Whereas you're gonna go get your your you know nice porterhouse at the uh, at the at the steakhouse. Both are meat. Both good, both the same same quality, but you're going to get a little different flavors of it, which is nice. And I'm getting that carnitas burrito too. That's exactly. it can't be beaten. Yeah. Cannot. <laughs> well, I am. I am. Yeah, Starfield is uh, actually. Let's talk. Let's take a step back and talk about the other games that have come out that like kind of sat in this genre. Because Star Citizen, Elite Dangerous, No Man's Sky. These are the big kind of space sim type of games that have been. Um, I won't say dominating the genre because it's not much to be dominated, but 
Um, there are other space sims out there, but those are the three I feel main ones that get the most attention. And in between all of that, we got like Mass Effect Andromeda and Outer Worlds. I believe those are the only two space-based RPGs we got. Were there any others that you could think of? Not really. I mean, that's about it. I mean, we also had things like um, Star Wars Squadrons, which was obviously a response to that, but it was much more flight-based. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, we also had, yeah, we had a lot of flight games, not a lot of RPGs. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think, I think that's about it. And um, I mean, we also had like... It's a weird thing because we put these th three games in there, but you also got to remember things like Infinite Warfare came out. Call of Duty Infinite Warfare came out, which was, again, tech putting into that science fiction realm, yeah. but making it more action based. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, CD Projekt Red saw successes of places like things like Elite and Star Citizen and said, there's a market for science fiction. Let's green lights. Uh, you know, let's kick that 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 cyberpunk game we've always wanted to make. Let's do that. Um, you know, there's there's I think there's a. There's an element of these two, these a handful of these games came out and did well in kind of more of the indie space. And so that the bigger hitters are going, we need to dip our toes to see if we're not we're not going to because maybe we can hit that hit that home run. And I think that's what Bethesda hopes is that Starfield isn't just another Bethesda games uh, uh, RPG, but they they want it to be like Skyrim or like what Morrowind or or uh, or um, or Fallout you know, three was where it's just this, this huge kick in the pants and everyone just remembers it really, really well. Yeah. Um, though as we go further along, I know a lot of people don't like follow three, but, <laughs> um, but that kind of, you know, at the time it was this, this like, you know, kickstarting a lot of new ideas. Like there had been post-apocalyptic games out for a long time, including the original fallouts, but you had like Daisy, um, that would come out afterwards for like zombie games and stuff. But like fallout three is, or fallout the series is, the game that people kind of default to when it yeah. comes to uh, just post-apocalyptic or, or like survival games, yeah. post-apocalyptic games. I think that's what they're hoping with Starfield is that Starfield is that the default that they're, the people are going to go, Oh, this is, you know, Oh, you think space games? Oh, Starfield. Yep. I think that's what they're hoping for. Yeah. And so I think genre, these other games. Yeah. Genre yeah. defining it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a, it could be a tentpole both for Bethesda themselves and, and Microsoft in that aspect. And then also for space games as a whole, like you were saying, like, yeah, we've gotten a game like infinite warfare, which is like a, a high octane combat version of sci-fi. We've gotten the very, very interesting, but smaller kinds of things like outer wilds. We've gotten like the mid tier mm -hmm. RPGs, the flight Sims, all these different things that are space based, but no, like, Nothing that's just straight taken it and ran away. Like you were saying, Fallout is very, very good at post-apocalyptic, holding that up, inspiring other games to do that. Honestly, Cyberpunk was going to be one of those games, right? It was going to hold up the Cyberpunk genre and bring people into other things like The Ascent and uh, Observer and other things like that, Deus Ex. And then mm -hmm. I'm sure Skyrim acts as that same kind of thing for fantasy. There's a lot of fantasy games, so they can't really do that all the time, but like yeah starfield being that 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 game that holds it up and and becomes like a just a series that is always associated with sci-fi could be huge and on top of that yeah. one of the things that i'm i'm really looking forward to i uh, there's a lot of conversation surrounding like oh is this going to be something that takes away focus from star citizen is this going to be something that pulls people away from star citizen yeah i mean they're different games like they're gonna they're gonna appeal to different people in different parts of a a person's gaming attitude but also 
they this game's probably going to bring more people to star citizen right they're going to yeah, experience was, this and want more i was going to say that like it's the important thing you pointed out like i think skyrim for instance is baby's first fantasy game a lot of people may have played uh skyrim and then went out and go i'd like this but i want more and they went out and they found uh, other games in the genre that they may have missed or not known about before and they picked it up and started playing it. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Fallout's a similar way where many people be like, hey, this is a really cool aesthetic. I like this aesthetic. Is there something similar in the yeah. mountain? And other survival games or maybe picked up the original Fallouts. Um, those sorts of those sorts of kind of a gateway drug to the uh, to the genre. The good stuff. I can definitely see I could definitely see Starfield being that gateway drug if Bethesda manages to stick the landing. Uh, because uh, I'm a big proponent, and I think a lot of people are, are as well, that more space games is good. More more competition in this field is good because yes. it means that there's a healthy market, which means more people will make more games. And yes. I like space and science fiction games. <laughs> so, yes, like that's that's going to be so great. If this, I, if this is a success, we're going to get more space games. Other companies mm -hmm. are going to follow suit, and that's fantastic. Um, yeah. I was going to say, there's another game that, acted exactly like what you're talking about baby's first you know this type of game elden ring has introduced mm -hmm. tons of people to the the souls like genre that are like oh wait this is actually kind of fun let me try all of these other games that do that stuff people are gonna mm -hmm. go jump out of a spaceship in starfield if, if you're able to do that float into space and be like whoa this is sick imagine if there was another spaceship next to mine that i could jump into what if I can YouTube get my friends search. to come up on to? Yeah. Know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's such a natural progression. And if it doesn't happen, you know, two days after the game is launched, that's something that happens over the course of several years. And um, I think it's as good a time as any really for that to happen for Star Citizen because it's finally starting to get things together. Yeah. So one of the big things that separates these rpgs from the space sims that everybody who generally watches this podcast loves is the ability to actually fly the ship and mm -hmm. we've gotten kind of confirmation i'm st i'm skeptical still as to like how much of space flight is really happening in the game but we've seen some leaks now this past week uh, of a game developer who worked for bethesda who has been verified on the website um, Reset Era, which I have always pronounced Resetera until <laughs> until I started hearing other people say it. But um, and and he was saying that okay, yeah, there's space flight, but it's not great. Something that something that I've been worried about, honestly, with them working on something like that for a game like this. What's your take on this, though? Uh, I think it's legitimate, especially when Jason Schreier comes out and says this guy used to work for Bethesda. Jason Schreier is probably one of the best investigative journalists for gaming in history. Yeah. He, if he says it, it's pretty much gold standard. Um, and multiple people came out and confirmed that he did work for it. And he was, he seemed to be confused, which, is, which was weird. It's like, this is all normal information. And it's, it's like, Bethesda, do you not, do you not look at your own <laughs> subreddit? Because like every other post in the Starfield subreddit for the last year has been, is there going to be space flight? This guy's um, like, wait, you guys don't know that? <laughs> don't you guys have phones? Like, like <laughs> that's that, that, exactly, that's yeah. almost like that moment. Yeah. Um, and uh, my take is, is listen, anyone who has played any space game or followed any space game development can tell you space flight is hard. 
not only is it hard to actually achieve, but it's hard to make feel good. Uh, because there's nothing really that exists that's similar. You can you can do things like, oh, it's just a, a plane in space, do Star Wars style. But then you just lose a lot of the feel of it if you wanted to go more immersive and more realistic. But if you go too sim, you end up with something that's slow and pondering. So I think, I hope, they manage to at least get it to working okay. I don't, I, I wouldn't expect like, X-Wings. Yeah. I'd expect um, Firefly. You know, less less uh, exciting dogfights and more... Just traveling. You know, traveling and some fighting, but like slow moving. Like more, less Star Wars, more Star Trek. Mm-hmm. You know, less mm-hmm. less about uh, high octane dogfights and more submarine warfare. You know? Yeah. Slow ships maneuvering to come fight each other. That kind of thing. But so. the the interesting thing when you think about it like that is like how bad can that feel, right? Because the first thing that this developer said is, "Oh, there's space flight, but it doesn't feel good." And it's like, well, if we're just doing sort of general travel from one planet to another and maybe getting into some faster than normal travel, but not necessarily getting that deep into dogfights, then how bad could it be? Um, I I I think. It's boring. Remember that way. I think I, mean, I don't think that. Yeah, that's why I think it's bad. That's, I don't think it's bad because it's, but because I think, think about Star Citizen's problem. Star Citizen has a problem where, if you change the 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 current formula up just a little bit, you end up with two ships just, just circling around each other and shooting at each other. Um. So if you slow things down, it and it'll might end up being just. If you can, whoever can hit the person first on the other side wins. Yeah. So if you're shooting the gun, you're shooting your space guns at the at the other spaceship. If you manage to shoot off first and, and hit, then you just win because they can't maneuver out of the way. Um, and so I can imagine that it's it's probably less exciting and probably less just boring, just just kind of crappy, you know. Um, it it's that would be my guess. <laughs> there's so many things that go into it. This is why I've I've been more leaning more towards that camp of no they're not going to do that because like you said it's so easy for space travel to be boring because it's so hard to show people how fast they're going right and then if you try and fix that by making people go really fast then you have to like change the the size of the whole game because now Mm -hmm. they're going on planets too quickly they're getting too close to the ground too fast so there's yeah it's crazy and i guess it all comes down to what are they actually going to make us use the flight for i think Mm -hmm. i'd be perfectly fine with flight in between planets being fast travel right and then Mm -hmm. once you get into the range of a planet you have to manually get through the atmosphere find a place to land because that feels more along the lines of what they're trying to sell with this game which is like exploration finding areas on planets Mm -hmm. um but you know i don't know i i don't know what to expect yeah, I mean, th- there's a couple of different statements they've made, like they wanted to make a Han Solo simulator, but it's also right. NASA punk is their aesthetic. So I, I would say that I would venture, because they also have space pirates, the, mm-hmm. the Crimson Fleet um, is a major protagonist or antagonist, or I guess one of the major f- like factions. Factions, yeah. yeah. And uh, so I think it's it's more than likely that combat will play play into it but we don't really see a lot of space fighters so i'd expect something that's more age of sail 
you know, more mm-hmm. more of that kind of feel. Uh, and I guess you could speed that up a little bit and still make it feel good. I've, I've played games um, like, uh, say, World of Warships is a great example of something like that, where you have, you know, you have to you know deal with obstacles around you, but it's all about uh, getting into the right little place and maneuvering properly yeah. and planning ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Planning ahead. And uh, but still, you know, mostly you can focus on the exploration. I think I don't think it's the focus is going to be on the combat. I think combat is just going to be an incidental. Yeah. Yeah. So. I I would be really excited to see them treat spaceships in this game as like a moving home, you know, doubling down mm-hmm. on that aspect of make sure that your systems are running well. You're keeping everything updated. Um, your life support's good, all that kind of stuff, and and making us really think about that because that's one of the more interesting parts of uh, of Star Citizen. That's what sets it apart from other space sims. So I think Bethesda's in a good spot to also kind of double down on stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Let's talk about the factions you mentioned. So that's kind of yeah, it's <laughs> dipping a little more <laughs> into your wheelhouse. Um, Welcome to my my world, there, Keenan. Uh, <laughs> so this is this is like going beyond gameplay. Factions and lore is probably one of the best parts, or one of the 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 things that can separate one space game from another. So is is Starfield unique in that aspect? Are they shipping something that is convincing and interesting to you? And um, I guess just just for fun, how does it compare to Star Citizen's lore so far? Um, well, Star Citizen has the advantage of it's been worked on for 10 years, and so it has a lot more detail. But Starfield is no slouch. Starfield's concept is still, it still seems a little bit nebulous, but that's probably because they want to save a lot of those details for the game itself. And they want to introduce you to the game through the storyline. Uh, but we do know the basic, the bare bones. And the bare bones is the the, um, the year is twenty three thirty, and in twenty uh, twenty three thirty, and you're in what's called the settled systems. Now, the settled systems is a range from Earth to about fifty light years out from Earth, which um, co- coincidentally, IRL means that that range is anywhere between one hundred and thirteen stars to two thousand stars, potentially okay. reachable. Let me stop you right you know? there. So a lot of people, a lot of people keep hearing this statement and think and think that entire swath of space is going to be the game space. Are you? Yes. Are you? Are you thinking that? Is that? Yes. Yeah? How? I, yes. How? How would that work? So the reality is, is that the amount of those stars that are actually, like, actually have planets, is probably a fraction of okay. that total number. Okay. And the number of those that have planets that are livable are even smaller. So I think the reality is, is that Bethesda could easily put in hundreds, if not thousands of stars. They're just stars. <laughs> They're just big balls of burning gas with maybe some dust around it. You, you think know? they would be visible, uh, though? Or do you think they'd just I be like, so. yeah, huh. that would yeah. be, that would be I, very I think- cool. I think they they do that. I mean, it really depends on the memory issues for them. I mean, that's that's the real thing. Right. And, and I will I will say this is that the way that they're building the lore definitely tells me that that Bethesda wants to build systems, not just planets, but systems, massive numbers of systems inside this this game. See, now you're getting um, me, now you're getting me too excited, man. Come on, the. Em- Emphasis on exploration, the kind of various various different concept arts, 
Now, I don't think, I think people are going to be a little sad in that I don't think that every planet is going to have something like, say, Star Citizen levels, or Elite Dangerous, or No Man's Sky, where you have this just huge space you can actually explore. I think it's more likely a map, maybe a big map, like 64 by 64 kilometers, mm -hmm. but it's probably going to be, you Which know, would be crazy. It's just so big. I mean, yeah. like every single planet is that huge, is basically the size of Skyrim is a huge deal yeah. <laughs> it's a massive amount of content if you have even a dozen planets that's a dozen skyrims um i don't think it's going to be as tightly packed of, of content but that's not the point because it's all about exploration that's what that's mm -hmm. what they've been kind of really pushing um so the settled systems are a system about 20 about 50 light years across um likely there's going to be a lot of systems there but we do know of several different factions one of the main faction and probably the protagonist faction that you play as part of is called the constellation group now constellation it's hard to tell but constellation seems to be kind of the explorers the original explorers who may have mapped these systems and went through and explored them and, and made them ready for future colonization um, we also know there are two major government groups. One is known as the United Colonies, and the other one's known as the Free Star Collective. Uh, they both fought a war about 20 years before the um, uh, the game started called, that was called the Colony Wars between the Free Star Collective and the United Colonies. Uh, we don't know who won, but we know it was pretty brutal. Uh, and on top of that, we also have uh, a, a other factions, uh, religious cults, uh, and pirates, uh, specifically the Crimson Fleet, which is this organization of pirates who works together and kind of terrorizes the Free Star Collective and maybe spilling out into the United Colonies a little bit. Our Dread uh, Pirates Roberts, or yes. whatever they call them. Yeah, and, and I think it's almost confirmed now that you will be able to play, you know, work for the Crimson Fleet if you want to in-game. Um, but in terms of the universe they're building, it feels very much like the settled systems are in a awkward place of post-war peace. It seems like the Free, Free Star Collective, which are much more rugged and they seem more colonial. If you played, if you uh, watch Firefly, they feel much more like if the brown coats had won. Um, they're kind of on the edge. They they seem to have smaller system numbers of systems, uh, and the United Colonies is much more traditional sci-fi. Uh, Colony, like government, the center of of or the concentration of people. Yeah, I've I've compared it to the uh, the United Federation of Planets from Star Trek. Is okay. the vibe they're trying to go for. Uh, so you have these two sides where, like, the Crimson Fleet, for instance, has stopped raiding into Free Star Collective space and started moving into the United Colony space, which is causing some problems. We actually saw a leaked document, right? Uh, of yes, a, like a, of a of a of a uh, uh, an order, basically, some orders that were sent out by an admiral being like, the Crimson Fleet are starting to mess with us in our colony space. We need to start moving out some of our, our forces out there to deal with this problem. I like that. Um, Setting the backdrop. So, so yeah, so we've, we're seeing a, a world that is sort of in transition that has many different players that you may have to be able to interact with. And there seems to be a lot of, again, emphasis on exploration. So even though this is called the Settled Systems, there's likely many many other planets that we may or may not be able to visit at the at release that will be only partially explored or almost entirely abandoned. So uh, with, with, with X, you know, obviously other stories and other people to get in, to get yourself involved in, but 
one of the things that Bethesda really does good, does, does really well with is, hey, here's your introduction. Hey, congratulations, you're not in the universe. You can ignore the main quest for yeah, the next yeah. 70 hours yeah, and I enjoy like that. yourself. It feels very much like this, this, this whole system feels very built up for that sort of experience. Right. Um, and as I said before, it feels like a, the, the lore seems solid as a, a starting point. We really have to see the characters that are involved and how the different factions interact with one another. You know, is the Free Star Collective and the United Colonies, are they kind of mostly friends now? Are they still kind of rivals? You know, who are the Crimson Fleet? Um, who are the, uh, you know, the, the, there's a corporation that runs its own basically unregulated drug den slash Vegas. <laughs> yeah, 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 the, the, um, on, the city on water. Neon, the city I think. on water, yeah. yeah. Neon, yeah. So... Um, yeah. Go ahead. So, yeah, so that, that's, I mean, there's a lot of these different factions and it's, we still have to see how they interact with one another, but they definitely have built out a very believable universe. So the lore is, uh, it, it sets up this idea that, like you said, it's sort of a transition of not power, but, and not really a cold war. There is just kind of, there's tension yeah. going on and uh, there's raids there are these two governments that are clearly still kind of at odds, haven't haven't figured everything out. So there's a sense of war and combat in the background. But in this game, we have been told now that we work for a company called Constellation, not that Constellation, and we are part of the last group of explorers. Now, they kind of set it up to make it sound like, yes, this is an old, well-developed part of space, but there's still a lot out there that we don't know. And your main mm -hmm. job in the game is to explore. And from the trailer, it seems like maybe to find something big. To me, it looked yeah. like the gateway to the arc from Halo 3. But you know what? <laughs> we'll, we'll see what it is. And so it sounds like they're kind of giving you a choice here of, yes, the game's based in exploration, but there's clearly going to be a lot of combat and conflict going on that'll let you kind of pick a, a, different, a different role. Um, mm -hmm. Now, the game that... Go ahead. I was going to say, it feels like, like I always said at the very beginning, Constellation feels like it was like a NASA program mm -hmm. that was built when humanity first started to leave its, you know, go to the stars. And they've been around, Constellation's been around so long, and because of the long distance and time required to travel, they, you know, at least they, they may have faster than light travel now, but probably at the beginning they didn't. Mm -hmm. um, it feels like the Constellation is one of those, like, family things where the, like, the, 200 or so people of Constellation just kept, you know, they had kids and then their kids had kids and then all other kids just kind of inherited the mantle of being Constellation. Okay, yeah. So um, that's what kind of the vibe goes for. Is that like they're a family. Like you yeah. can become part of Constellation if you're not part of a family, but if you're part of the family, you've got an in and you're expected to pick up that job and continue forward. It definitely um, has that feel of like, we are very close. We're, we're a small group that does something that nobody else really cares about. And that's why we love mm. you. You're like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go find stuff for you. So that's that's an exciting backdrop because one of the best things about yeah. space is exploration. Yeah. And they kind of complicate it with the idea that you're working for they don't explicitly say it, but possibly a dying company. Mm-hmm. Like a dying like a dying group yeah. of uh, of of like the last of your kind sort of thing. Yeah. And it's even more complicated because now you have to deal with the other factions in the universe and you don't know how well they'll they'll handle with you, you know. Mm -hmm. So, so the, the, the most direct comparison we have to this, um, for considering the games that we cover 
and the games that people who are mostly listening to this podcast play, we do Star Citizen and Squadron 42. This would be more comparable to Squadron 42. Um, Yes. But it is wildly different in that Squadron 42 is very cinematic, narrative, um, on the rails, one story, you kind of, you play through it, you're a military person, whereas this game is more kind of pick your your game. So the people who maybe are more interested in Star Citizen and not looking to do a military campaign, is this something that you'd, you'd say almost could take the place of Squadron 42 for them? Or oh, yeah. is... It- yeah. If you're if if you're more into if you play like No Man's Sky or Star Citizen or Elite and you, your your idea is like I'm just gonna go explore I'm just gonna go tour around and see sunsets, uh, but you want to have maybe a little bit of story to tell you a little a little bit of universe to interact with this is very much that kind of thing if you if you're in, if you're into playing an action movie Squadron Forty Two if you're looking for an open world single player experience that Bethesda's really good at Starfield seems to be the thing so you're not gonna get a uh... Mark Hamill, though, unfortunately. Nope. Who knows? Sadly. Maybe they'll maybe they'll have their own Keanu Reeves on the stage this year. Yeah. I hope not. God, I hope not. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of done with gimmick actors. Like, yeah. Just, just give me good actors. Yeah. You know? I mean, I I'm not gonna lie. I don't know about you, but I feel like that game probably changed for him, right? Like, yeah. It was for sure. Yeah, that was a bummer. We're talking about Cyberpunk 2077 for anybody yeah. who didn't who didn't catch all of that nonsense, but. Um, yeah, this game seems like they do not care at all to talk about actors. And I've never seen Bethesda really focus on that kind of stuff at all. If anything, aren't you usually unvoiced as a as a protagonist up until recently? Up until um, till, uh, Fallout 4, you were unvoiced, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I can't say I feel one way or the other about that, but I do, I do hope that they don't force us into a specific story like they did with Fallout 4. Although it seems kind of like that's where it's going with the constellation thing, but you know, we'll see. We'll see. I have my hopes. I have my hopes. Yeah. (laughs) So I I feel like constellation is more like they're going to have a goal in mind that you have to achieve and it's how you achieve it is up to you. Um, And because you're like the last of the constellation group or something like that, that may make make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. So there's, one thing that always seems to come up whenever I start talking about Starfield, I, I, I say we, we dive into it a little bit and really dig okay. to, the, to the bottom of people's problems. And that is that Bethesda bad, Paul. Bethesda bad. Glitches Bethesda. and terrible games and just it won't be worth it at all. So why are we even talking about the game? Um, but because but, as much as as much as I'll say this, as much as the Internet thinks Bethesda bad, Bethesda not bad. Bethesda make, make mistake. <laughs> Bethesda yeah. does have glitches. I'll I'll say that mm-hmm. much. But to be quite honest, have you ever have you ever jumped into a Bethesda game and actually had actually not wanted to play it because of glitches? No, never had it. I mean, I I had some issues with Fallout seventy six when it first released. But, oh well, uh, <laughs> that's different. I wasn't even I I wasn't even thinking that honestly. That's another room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 also important to differentiate Bethesda from from Fallout seventy six and say Fallout four and Bethesda, the Microsoft subsidiary. Right. Um, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but it felt like a lot of pressure was put on Bethesda 
to produce games like Fallout 76 because it could make them money mm-hmm. and they needed money to keep the doors open and the lights on. But after, you know, they got sold to Microsoft, Bethesda doesn't have to care about that anymore. No one has to sit around and be like, okay, we got to figure out how to pay money. It's like daddy, big daddy Microsoft is just throwing the money around. So you don't have to worry about it. You just focus on making your game. They got that space money. Yeah. They they, they got that that Bill Gates money. They got Uh, that we will build a real spaceship money. (laughs) Yeah. So as a result, it it may, I may, it may be hopium. I'm not going to deny that it may be hopium, but I think what we're more, more likely to see is we're going to see the pinnacle of Bethesda games in the sense that in the modern era, in the sense that Bethesda is much better at, at open world storytelling games without like, you know, linear plots, you know, like, or like really rigid plots because every time they've done them, they've kind of fallen on their face. Yeah. But every single game they've ever done has had better combat. The combat of Skyrim was much better than it was in Oblivion. The combat in Fallout 3 was, you know, uh, or Fallout 4 was it's just head and shoulders above Fallout 3 and New yeah. Vegas. It's just so tight and good. The gunplay feels really good. Uh, obviously, there's some places you can improve, but there is a lot of improvement over the over the game. And they've also, also taken a lot of modders and a lot of mod ideas into these games to improve their experiences overall. So... As much as Bethesda can make mistakes and has and, and has problems, as anyone who will say Bethesda bad will almost always say, oh, I won't buy it at release. I'll wait till modders make it work. Yeah. Which is true. That but is if true. we're talking, but if we're talking about like a game that at least seems like the scope that, that we're looking at with, um, with Starfield, multiple planets, uh, exploration, all these sorts of things, you're going to have a pretty decent background for a lot of modding's modding potential at the very least at the very least with that um now would i say jump out and buy it on on launch probably not this is still bethesda yeah <laughs> and 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 honestly there are easier ways to get it than to buy it mm-hmm. like go get a month of game pass for a fraction free. of the price and get a day get one it for free sponsored you, by there, microsoft trailers there are, tra- <laughs> Please. there are there there are trial editions you can get for get it for free so you yeah. want to you want to go try it for free make a microsoft account when it releases drop game pass and suddenly you've got a free copy of starfield you can play As, uh, in addition to every other game that they make it is actually a pretty cool deal but yeah. it's yeah i mean it'll come out day one don't get it day one but also mm-hmm. consider that like even if it's a glitchy game, right? If this is a decent space game, I think it's going to be a success because they don't need to knock it out of the park. They just need to start off this series without flopping it off uh, right out the gate, right? And that'll show everybody else that they can sell 10 million copies and people will make more space games. It needs to be Mass Effect 1, a solid entry that you can see this universe and go, I like this. I want to see where this goes. Yep. You know, because as because then they can take whatever thing they learned and then Starfield Two, you know, Star Harder uh, is going to be, you know, much better than the, the previous one. And again, yeah. we're talking about a Bethesda that is not the same Bethesda that made Fallout 76 and Fallout 4. This is a I would say a more evolved Bethesda. Yeah, I could be wrong, but it doesn't feel like that. It it It's been almost 10 years since they've made an actual game. Fallout 76. Just I don't I just. I don't it was know. a subsidiary. Um, Bethesda Austin made it. 
Um, okay. The, they're the ones who made it. It was it was made by the main main game, but they had like a different company that they originally had done mobile titles that they purchased okay. that actually made the game. Yeah. So. And you know they've they've uh, like you said they've been bought by Microsoft and looking at what Microsoft has been doing in terms of marketing the last year Halo Infinite was their big game right that was I mean it's the biggest franchise I think in gaming that Microsoft has ever made it's their main seller sells consoles and um, it, I, I love that game to be honest but that was their main game last year you know what they were pushing most in marketing at E3 because it wasn't Halo it was Starfield it, they they opened they opened E3 with Starfield they had Todd come out and talk Starfield then they closed E3 with all of their major games and they made sure to put Starfield in there and have it the last be shown Microsoft's pushing this I think this is going to be like their major series moving forward in their next you know the next decade of gaming this seems like it's what they want to really represent mm -hmm. xbox game studios going forward besides you know maybe some of the other big franchises like well actually i was gonna say fable but no fable would not be up there I, this really no. feels like a big game moving forward for them so i think i think people maybe are putting too much emphasis on the fact that bethesda is the studio and forgetting that microsoft is the publisher yeah that's a good way of putting it uh, is Microsoft's putting a lot of money behind this and they're going to push it out. You're going to see Starfield commercials on your YouTube channel. Probably if you're watching this in like June, when that went, well, like right when it drops, like I think it's June, June 12th, 16th, June 12th, when, when the, when the, when they're gonna, they're going to show gameplay, by the way, that's when you're going to see gameplay is June 12th, <laughs> not before. Finally. <laughs> Yeah, um, that's typical for Bethesda. They, they kind of yeah. do that, but yeah. you know that lead up to to, to June twelfth, you're going to see nothing but 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 um, but 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 Starfield trailers. Like again, if you're watching this in June 9th, twenty twenty two, you probably watched like two Starfield trailers already. <laughs> they just <laughs> for this podcast them. got got the mid rolls. <laughs> And, and and that's the that's that's what Microsoft's gonna do. They're just gonna throw the money out there because they want people to buy Game Pass. They want people to buy my, uh, Xboxes, and they're gonna use their games to do that, like Starfield. And so. it's also it, it falls in line too with what Microsoft's been doing like the last five to seven years. Phil Spencer has been doing an amazing job with Xbox, getting back to like what makes them great, which is investing in good studios and pumping out good games and like they've really been doubling down on getting value to customers i don't think that they're just going to go and make the biggest purchase in in gaming history and then just like let starfield come out and, and deflate it's gonna be that would be crazy if they do do that it would be nuts <laughs> i said doo doo but if they if they did that <laughs> like if they let that happen that would be one of the greatest failures i think microsoft has had um Worse than the Zune, I'll yeah. say. I mean, hey, heck, hey, if you believe the inter the the internal leaks that the, the accidental leak that the guy had, it sounded like they were doing great. They, yeah, they, they got they a lot were, of content. They, were, they got content, and um, and before anyone, because I saw a lot of people commenting on those, it's like, oh, it's going to be bad graphics and the flight's terrible and the engine sucks, and <laughs> kind of clarified it even later. It's like. Anyone who's ever even modded for the creation engine knows it's a it's a hot pile of garbage. Not that the engine is bad, it's just really hard to work with because it's duct taped together uh, as an engine to make it work. God, I hope <laughs> they were going to fix that with creation too. If, if they didn't, then that's, oh boy, that's not good for the long run. Uh, but at the very least, and also like, as I said, flight is complicated, but also he even said it's, it's subjective. 
you know, um, he may not like flight, but it could be somebody else's bag. Yeah. Um, and he also said like, you know, it doesn't look like horizon forbidden West, but they're not really pumping out. Like the goal of this game isn't to be, Ooh, ah, look at the pretty sunsets. The game goal of this game is to have content playability immersion, the, 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 the old school RPG. And they're going to probably sacrifice um, really, really pretty graphics for good, solid gameplay and lots of it. That being not a bad option. That being said, though, they've been showing us a lot of really cool biomes, so they better look good. Yeah. They, they better have a pretty good minimum global illumination. Hit me with the colors. Let me get that contrast. Mm -hmm. But, you know, yeah, well, it, it doesn't have to be. If it's as big as you're talking about, you know, if they have multiple planets, I'm not going to expect the biggest, the best graphics out there. So, yeah, I mean, they also like built, I think they're, was it the lighting engine that they rebuilt from scratch? Hmm. Um, so they, they did a bunch of new things for Starfield to, to just up the quality dramatically. So cool. What, what kind of things are you looking forward to from a game like this? Considering that we spend basically every day, if not every week or rather every week, if not every day, um, playing what I already so, consider to be the the best in space experience you can get, despite yeah, the, I, the glitches I, and stuff. I'd agree. So, but, um, what can I, Starfield offer more? A more traditional RPG experience, a single player experience, a story that you can control a little bit more, and mod support. Ooh, you know, like I doubt you're ever going to get the to fly the Millennium Falcon in Star Citizen. But I can almost guarantee you, you'll be able to fly the Millennium Falcon in Starfield. <laughs> that would be wow. It, it, that'd be Come really on, fun to see to see if they do how in depth they get ship interiors in this game, mm -hmm. and to see somebody actually finally take the Mer the uh, God. I almost called it the Mercury Star Runner, the the Millennium Falcon, <laughs> and get the interior modeled with the exterior of the ship. This is this is the this is. Bethesda's community we're talking about. The Bethesda community is filled with very talented people who have nothing better to do than to make incredibly detailed mods for like poop animations. <laughs> for 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 eating cycles. Like oh, gosh. this is this is the community that'll take a look at what 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 they like bring back all of the cut material and then finish it for, for Bethesda and then release it as a mod, you know? So yes, I, I can almost guarantee you they'll do a one-to-one -one recreation of the, of the Millennium Falcon in, in Starfield at some point, just I'm good because with it. they can. I like it. Yeah. I so am... if that's, if that sounds good, that's what you're going to get. You're never going to get anything like that in Star Citizen, but if you want that sort of controllable, but modifiable and, and focused experience, I think Starfield's your game. Cool. I'm really excited for the the base building because they introduced that what mm -hmm. in Fallout 4, right? It was like 2014, yeah, 2013. So they've been dealing with base building for like a decade now, right? So they must be pretty, pretty decent at setting it up. And the uh, the possibilities if we're setting down on different planets or if they combine base building to be something that you can, you know, maybe use to customize your ship. Um, that's going to be very cool. And I love No Man's Sky. That's where I kind of get the experience of doing that already. But it's it's very arcade. It's it's rather basic, and the graphics don't really vibe that much with me. So to see something that is considered quote unquote NASA punk do the same thing mm -hmm. is going to be really cool. That's going to be exciting. Yeah, 
We'll see how detailed they get, but I think at the very least we'll know in June. So if if you're if you're waiting waiting for it, that's when you'll 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 see it. Yeah. Cool. Well, that I think about wraps up the whole conversation we had. Um, before we head off, were there was there anything was there anything Star Citizen related to talk? I mean, three seventeen has come out mm -hmm. for anybody who's still listening and wants to get some of that update. Three seventeen has gone live as of recording this. You guys will be hearing this a few days later. And the Expanse has been a big focus, the new concept for refining gameplay. Have you, what's your, what's your take on that ship? The Expanse? Yeah. Um, I actually just released a video that I did on oh. it about leading to the Q&A and talking about like what, who, if you should get it or not based off that. I, I think it's going to be a must-have ship for people who are working in small groups or in organizations as an addendum to salvage and uh, and mining. It's it's a support ship. It's one of the probably first ever support ships we're going to see in Star Citizen that's just dedicated to support other than say like a medical ship. Right. Um, so. I think uh, it's. I, I think it's cool, but it's not my bag, so. <laughs> what do you think of them talking about crafting? Makes sense. They've been talking about it for a long time. The old yeah. craft bench was the idea that, like, you know, overclocking your 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 personal gear and stuff like that. So. Right. Right. Um, let's see. I, I've been wanting to talk more about refueling. I actually haven't gotten to experience it that much in 317, but it's clearly a big deal. Um, it's something that they've put a lot of work into, it seems like. And it's supposed to be meant for pyro. Now that mm -hmm. we've gotten the refueling and you kind of seen it in the game, do you think that people are going to pick it up and use it how it's meant to be used once we get pyro? Do you think like it's going to work out how CIG envisions? Mm. Yes, <laughs> I, that one's harder to tell um, just because we don't know what we're going to experience in pyro. Like, like what we know in pyro is it's bigger than Stanton. It's more lawless than Stanton. And it has a lot of, it doesn't have a lot of like, support mm -hmm. so in the, in the region so i think if anything cig knows more than we more than us so i would i'd argue that yes it's probably the case but then then again cig doesn't seem to predict players actions as well right and so. and the way that cig has formatted this game is is for people to play a very thinking game and if there's one thing we've learned about gamers is that we have some trouble thinking at times. And so I just wonder, like, they want us to go out into Pyro and probably have um, probably have a, a refueling ship that's either with our group or that we know is already there. And I'm just, I'm just, I don't know. I just trying to wrap my head around it and see it in the future happening. Uh, I could see, I mean, fuel rats were a thing in Elite. Yeah. So, but refueling uh, an elite, um, what does that encompass? It's just uh, you get you hail a crew, and you know they come by and they they uh, they they disgorge their limpets, which is these little like, drones, and then the drones will then go over and then they refill up the, the stuff and they go away. Uh, I don't even know if there's payment involved. There may be payment involved through through that that system, but. Hmm. All right. Well, we'll have to see. I I still haven't used the refueling. I'm excited to see players playing together but now that we're starting to get those types of gameplay into into the game i'm kind of i'm like okay is it actually going to work now but that about wraps it yeah. up 
I just wanted to touch on some Star Citizen stuff with you. <laughs> just just to say we did. Just, just to say it was in there. Um, but this has been a talk about Starfield coming up. It's it's a new space game. I'm excited for it. Paul's excited for it. I think a lot of people in the community that we normally are talking to are really looking forward to seeing what happens with it. So like you said, June 12th is when we're expecting the gameplay. And until then, um, you can expect some lore from Astropub. And I don't even know what from me, but something. And uh, why don't you tell them before we head out where they can find that lore and your streams and stuff. YouTube.com slash the Astropub and Twitch.tv slash the Astropub. I actually do have a kind of a primer for what we know about Star, star Field lore currently up um, in on my channel there. So go check that out if you want to know a little bit more about in depth about sort of things like the Colony Wars and such. Um, and I'll be definitely covering more content in the future. And you can catch me live on Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, Thursday and Friday evenings and Saturday and Sunday afternoons at Twitch.tv slash the Astropub. Cool. And we will definitely be having some follow-up chats on this very mm -hmm. podcast about Starfield. This podcast is mainly covering Star Citizen, but it really does just center around space-based games in general, and Starfield's a big one. So if you're interested in that, make sure to subscribe, leave a review maybe, and uh, come back to see other episodes. But you guys can always find the Launch Sequence podcast on your favorite audio platform, Anchor, Amazon, Pocket Casts, all this stuff, Apple, Spotify, and you can come and watch on YouTube if you'd like. But whatever you decided to do, I thank you so much for checking out the show and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Smash it.